The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. Number 121, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and in Five Points. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from The Morning Show. And uh, we are already coming to the end of January, so a this is the last podcast for the month of January, and it's been quite a month for Georgia football, which started with a win in the Sugar Bowl, and we found out some guys were leaving, some unexpectedly, like Cade Mays, uh, get a brand new offensive coordinator, and uh, the month closing out as we uh, record this about an hour earlier, Georgia picked up a, another verbal commitment for this 2020 class. Um, National Signing Day will be next week, or at least the second one, and Georgia gets another running back, Dijon Edwards, from out of Colquitt County. So he is the 22nd commitment. 19 have already signed. So for uh, next Wednesday, that leaves now Edwards, Cedric Van Pran, and uh, the really big one, Broderick Jones, is the uh, commitments now who uh, we hope will sign, expect to sign next Wednesday. But... um, uh, I know there was Zach Evans, the running back out of Texas, that had apparently signed a letter of intent. We let him out of it, and uh, now it looks like any thoughts of him possibly still being in play to end up here probably gone with the news of uh, Dijon Edwards committing. Yeah, I guess so. And I obviously we don't know all the ins and outs of what was going on in the Zach Evans situation, but you had a feeling Georgia was going to find at least one more running back for this class of 2020. So here he is, uh, uh, Dajon Edwards from Colquitt County to go along with Kendall Milton from out in California and with the running backs that are coming back in uh, Zamir White and James Cook and McIntosh. Thank you, Kenny McIntosh. There's your five running backs in the stable for 2020. Yeah. So Colquitt County, was that where that uh, – Rush Propes. So that would have been his coach, huh? Well, he wasn't the coach. Has it been two years or one year since he hasn't been the coach? I, he just landed uh, on his feet, I think, in Alabama somewhere. He? I know he wasn't this past fall. Yeah, I, so I want to say, like, I thought this year was one. maybe the first year maybe he it wasn't. Was. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he, but yeah, at some point in his football career, yes, he um, was uh, spending the night at the uh, the hotel on Thursday night before games and, yes. and that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> which was a, a you know they had to, so like they didn't have to go to school Friday. I don't know I how guess that they worked. just went to school from the uh, from the hotel. Yeah, I guess. but uh, right now I'm twenty four seven sports has Georgia. They've uh, moved them up to the number one ranked class in the uh, in the country. So. Uh, pretty much across the board now. You look at these recruiting services, I don't see Georgia any worse than two. So it looks like by next Wednesday, and especially if the dogs are able to uh, to get Jones and get that signature and get him definitely locked in here. I, I, I know he visited last weekend and reaffirmed his commitment, but as of now, I think he's still scheduled to go visit Auburn. I'd be more comfortable if he wasn't doing that, but I would think if Georgia could end up signing him, then the dogs have a shot to uh, once again sign, I mean, at worst, the number two class in the country and a good chance of maybe ended up number one overall. Yeah, I think uh, there's a very good chance with all of that. And I guess at this point, the um, the coaches just have to make the numbers work out as much as anything else. 
Because right now, these these recruiting rankings are basing Georgia on what they have at the moment, not necessary, right? Not what they should have on signing day, or is this taking into account the Broderick Jones and the Cedric Van Prance? I guess they're till, still technically committed. Yeah, I assume it includes it them. includes those yeah. guys. But, you know, whether you have the number one class or the number two class, you've still put together a heck of a recruiting class yeah and it's just it's been par become par for the course now it's uh georgia's continuing to recruit at uh just an elite uh, high level and there's a lot to uh you know a lot to replace with the attrition that's leaving uh the the roster from this past season because i think when you go back really now and you look at the the classes of you know 17 18 uh, you know, and even in some ways, a couple of those guys from that 2019 class that it's, uh, you know, a, a, a good number of the players responsible for Georgia having the number one rated class or the number two rated class of the country. Those guys are are gone now, like Swift and Fromm and Andrew Thomas yeah. and even Cade Mays, who's transferring. So the uh, the cupboard definitely needed to be restocked. You know, roster makeup has always been about who you have on a you know year to year basis, but it feels like it's even more now than like when you know, back in the day you would sign somebody and it would be like, well, you've got this guy for three years or four years. And now in this day and age with the portal and uh, guys transferring, it's almost like you have to, you know, your roster management is literally year to year instead of every three years or every four years. So you have the early signing period now and you know what you've got coming in but then you still have to get through the rest of December and then January and guys deciding if they're going to transfer or if they're going to leave school early for the pros and then you got the next signing day to to know what's coming up so it's it's um it's a lot of work for these coaches to to keep all of this stuff together but i think Kirby has proven that he is one of the best if not the best of being able to do this yeah i mean you just look at uh you know, brenton cox leaves uh, luke ford left you know, i mean those two were probably somewhat um unexpected i guess uh otis reese who yeah. ended up he's going to Ole miss now right yeah. so you know you got guys that are elite highly tatted recruits and but they're joining a, a program here that's just surrounded you know, by players of that caliber, and some of them are going to show up on campus. They'll compete for a job, and if they don't win one, then they'll look to move on to somewhere. I guess <laughs> I they could play. I mean, Georgia's got Carson Beck here as one of the you know an early enrollee. He's already, I think, he was taking part in bowl practice. But you know, now with the commitment from Brock Vandegrift, you just you already kind of figure that all right, Vandegrift will come, he'll sign, commit, and fair game. There'll be a quarterback battle between. You know Beck and maybe you know throw Mathis in there and Vandegrift and you know between those three you figure one of them if not two of them are going to end up in the portal at some oh, point. There's no, I mean this time next year, what are the odds that Beck and Mathis and Vandegrift those three guys are all you know getting ready for spring practice? I would say I would it's zero, almost zero percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, and I guess basically maybe what I'm saying is is that. You know, if Mathis is cleared to play again or whatever his status is, he might decide he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I would think that, I mean, I'm just thinking ahead to next year that, you know, Vandergriff's going to sign early, he'll enroll, and if Beck's still here, those two will be fighting it out for the quarterback spot. Because the thing you, you know about him is even with Mathis, Mathis was committed to Ohio State. He ends up signing here. So I don't know anything about him other than that. I've never seen him play. But you would have to think that a, a guy we who saw was, him in the, G, in the G-Day game last year. 
Well, well are you, you're not counting that. Well, I don't. I don't watch that game, so I got to admit, uh, no, I didn't actually. Plus, see quarterbacks are treated a little differently in that game. Yeah, so, so I've never I hear seen what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him. So all I know, but I know he was committed to Ohio State, and he ends up signing here. So if he didn't win the job here, you know, down the road, like there'll be some school that uh, could oh, use yeah. him to play. It's absolutely so. Um, you know, it's kind of like Chase Bryce from Clemson. I don't know anything about him either, other than he's he's guilty of not being as good as Trevor exactly. Lawrence. Yeah, but he'll land. Because you just said he might be the second best quarterback in the country, or thir- we don't know because yeah. we haven't seen him play. Who knows? Except for that, you know, basically one game against Syracuse or mop up duty. Yeah, he saved their fannies in that game, but the uh, but right now he's okay. So he's he's just not as good as the guy that's projected to, you know, be the the number one pick in the NFL draft yeah. in 21. And his name hasn't re- surfaced anywhere, has it, as far as what he's – I mean, he's put it out there that he's in the portal, he's looking to transfer, but he's – I guess he's weighing his options at yeah. the moment. Soon, I mean, I, I guess Oregon probably needs a, a quarterback. Mississippi State might be looking for one. Um, I guess, the hot stove. Is LSU college- looking for one? Um Sure, unless what Miles Brennan is the guy they think is going to, you know, take over. Yeah, I mean he looked good in that one drive he led against Oklahoma <laughs> in the Peach Bowl. I mean, that the hot stove league in college football's gotten as good as uh, the one in baseball. Yeah, because well, you hear about guys making like I was reading it. Like I think KJ Costello was visiting Washington or yeah. somewhere. But it's yeah, these guys are and going he was on the these visits. That, that you know was kind of a little bit pushed around for Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and but Georgia ends up with Newman, who is kind of regarded as he was the the top. He was the top free agent yeah. quarterback out there, and Georgia went ahead and sealed that deal pretty fast because the early the early leans on him seemed to be uh, with Oregon. But you know, they were at the time they hadn't hired Joe Moorhead, so they were without an offensive coordinator, and Georgia went and did some quick work on that. Yeah, for sure, and that's why Georgia racks up here in these in these recruiting classes and these uh these rankings which again to me is like keep racking up the recruiting classes keep knocking on the door and you know eventually I think you'll break through I don't know how long it's going to take but just keep doing it that's what George has done plus you look at the the uh the new coaches out there as we speak right now still not quite sure what's going on with uh that extra on-the-field coach that Georgia has to replace right now since James Coley is going to Texas A&M. Even though Texas A&M hasn't announced it, he's put it on his Twitter and stuff, Texas A&M. Yeah, he's their so tight ends coach. He is their tight ends coach. So it's just it's weird how things are now. You know, but this time last year we were talking about uh, Justin Fields. We were talking about Tate Martell. We were talking about uh, who else was out there that was moving around. But Martell was the interesting one because he had made some noise about, hey, you know, he's kind of marking his territory at Ohio State. And the next thing you know, he's leaving Ohio State. And then it was a big deal that he ends up going to Miami. And what ends up happening this year, he doesn't, you know, become any kind of a factor in their quarterback situation. In fact, he changes positions. Yeah, he ended up a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. He shots fired on Twitter, yeah. and then before Fields even got to campus, he was already <laughs> he was already gone. But yeah. like all the other ones, somehow he gained immediate eligibility. I know. And I guess Jalen Hurts was the other one. I guess a year ago too, we going to right. uh, out to Hurts. Oklahoma. But who, by the way, who finished second in the Heisman voting? Hurts. He did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so Oklahoma has gone one, one, and two one, in one the last two. three. So, so after Burrow and Hurts, was Fields third? Or Fields Young? was third, and I believe Young okay. was fourth. And it just dawned on me, and all the Heisman hoopla for Burrow, I never really heard how the rest of the voting went. Yeah, because it, it felt like Fields was going to be the runner-up, but it, he ended up not being it. It was Hurts okay. who finished second. Yeah, so, either way. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, yeah. Fields will probably finish runner-up next year behind Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, or or win versa, it. Yeah, I mean, or he might one win or the it other. If Lawrence is like sleepwalking through the beginning of the season, like he seemed to be this year. What if, what if uh, you know Bryce is gone and Lawrence comes out and says, "By the way, I'm not playing this year. I'm just going to sit this." Yeah, one that could out. be a thing too. <laughs> not going to hurt him. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's not going to hurt him one bit. I mean, the, the Super Bowl's coming up this weekend. Uh, Nick Bosa's playing in it for the Niners. He basically just. He, he chilled out yeah, after he got hurt. He got hurt he early in the year. He could have come back and finished the season, but he's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and the thought, well, NFL teams aren't going to take kindly to that. <laughs> no, no, no. He was yeah. the second pick of the draft. If you could play, yeah. you could play. And he's the overwhelming favorite to be the NFL's rookie uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. So, And, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like a guy you look at as, uh, you know, a maybe a, a dark horse Super Bowl MVP because I think for the Chiefs I can't see the Chiefs winning and anyone other than Mahomes being the MVP but for right. the Niners they'd be like I mean there could be like half dozen guys like you could like realistically see winning the MVP yeah. if they win that's the thing if the Chiefs win yeah like you said Mahomes will probably be the MVP but if the Niners win you don't just say Garoppolo is going to be the MVP yeah so and that could be another just defensive guy too because there have yeah. been in the last six Super Bowls, there have been two def- – you've had Malcolm Smith and Vaughn Miller, and then you've had only two quarterbacks, although three times because Foles won it once and then Brady twice, and then you've had a couple wide receivers. The last running back to win the Super Bowl MVP was Terrell Davis. How about that? Think That's about that. 20 years, yeah. more than 20 years. Yeah, because I was – yeah, I was Super Bowl 32, I think, wasn't it? Um, is that the one where they beat the Packers? 32? Yes, because then Elway was the... And then then they beat the Falcons the next year in 33. Yeah, and that was Elway. Yeah. Yeah. But the Garoppolo thing, we're actually talking about on the morning show today, um, FCS quarterbacks to start and play in the Super Bowl, and he joins a pretty... an interesting list. um, Let me see if I can get Flacco's one. All right, hang on a second. All right. We'll do this. We'll do this now. I've got these highlighted. Uh, These are just quarterbacks who started... If you want to get down to some nuts and bolts, there are one, two, three, four quarterbacks that are FC that went to FCS schools that won the Super Bowl. Now, I'll, I will say well, this: Flacco's one of them. Oh yeah, definitely Flacco. He's for sure one Phil of them. Phil Sims. Phil Sims of Moorhead State. Doug Williams. Well, see, yes and no. He counts, but he doesn't count because. One double A didn't exist when he was at Grambling. Okay, but he, but I count it because he okay. went to Grambling. Yeah, so there's one other. Ooh, <laughs> oh. and he started three Super Bowls and won one. Wow, he started three Super Bowls and won yeah. one, and he started three Super Bowls for two different teams. Is it? He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, so this is gonna be some obvious one. Yeah, I'm be there's like, always the obvious one that you got. Oh, I was gonna say like Craig Morton, but he didn't win one. And he went to uh, he went to Cal. Yeah, because Cal's had a bunch of. Yeah, Cal's had some. Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Oh God, yeah, I know, of course, I know. That would be the obvious. Yeah, Kurt Warner. <laughs> so now there's 
one, two, three, four, uh, five quarterbacks that went to FCS schools that started and lost a Super Bowl. So, so that have started and lost. Yeah. So it, I, I'm kind of like I'm hung up on. I thought we because I know well Jeff Hosteller went to a West, West Virginia. Virginia. I keep wanting to say him, but it's not him. What about well Mark Rippon went to Washington <laughs> State. Washington State. Yep. Yep. Um, and I'm not. I mean, I I looked all this up this morning, so I have these notes in front of me. It's not like I know all this. Um, some of them, a couple of them will, will be like they're like, oh yeah, that's right, kind of things. And a couple of them don't really jump out at you. So the last quarterback from a um, FCS school that started and lost the Super Bowl was Rich Gannon, who went to Delaware. Oh, so I, I his name popped into my head, but for some reason I thought he went to like Washington <laughs> yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. I was about to say him. Yeah. Now Kurt Warner actually has started one since then. So you you go back to Rich Gannon when the Raiders lost to the Bucks. And then before that, do you want to hear some more? Or do you want yeah. to keep playing? This no, I game? like this. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you wanted to keep playing. The only Super Bowl that's featured. Let me make sure I got this right. Two FCS quarterbacks going against each other was Super Bowl Thirty Four, and we've talked about Kurt Warner. So, which of his Super Bowls was he uh, oh, going well. up? against another FCS quarterback who was a great quarterback. Oh, well, yeah, Steve McNair. Steve McNair from Alcorn yes. State. Then uh, Super Bowl twenty nine, a phenomenal mismatch with uh, the Niners over the Chargers. You had Steve Young versus, do you remember who started? Yes, uh, Stan Humphreys. Stan Humphreys, who went to Northeast Louisiana. Okay, because that's the the Chargers are great. Dan Fouts, Phillip Rivers, Never in the Super Bowl, Stan Humphreys gets there. Exactly, exactly. And then the other two are pretty tough. You got to go all the way back to the uh, 70s, um, where Super Bowl 15 was the Raiders versus the Eagles. Ron Jaworski. Ron Jaworski for the Eagles went to Youngstown State. Okay. And then the very next year, the Niners were winners over the Bengals. So Ken Anderson. And you know what? I had no idea where he went to college. He went to it was this a, wasn't even FCS. I don't think. Yeah, like I've never heard of Augustana. It. Yeah, that might even be D two. Yeah, that's not even FCS. Yeah. So that's it. And unless I overlook somebody, every other quarterback that has started in the Super Bowl went to a F an FBS. Yeah. School. Well, just thinking from early, you know, from Star Namath, you had all the Alabama guys. Greasy, Len Dawson were Purdue guys. Daryl LaMonica went to Notre Dame. Earl Morrill went to Michigan State. Joe Cap went, went to Cal. And yeah. then the next year, Craig Morton was the starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, so how many Super Bowl four? From you've had Joe Cap, Craig Morton, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Isn't there a fourth? Cal yeah, Jared Goff. Oh, that's right. And then yeah, last year, yeah, Cal's had four year. quarterbacks. Yeah, yep, yep. I think, and I think that's it. They didn't have five, but Purdue's had Lynn Dawson, um, Bob Greasy, um, Drew Brees, and am I leaving somebody out, or is it just those three? Um, may just be those three. I think that's it for Purdue. Yeah. Uh, which is you know weird to think that yeah in fact Alabama they had the first three MVPs Bart yeah. Starr Bart Starr and Joe Namath 
They hadn't had anyone. Had, they I don't. Mean, they, well, then they had the snake. I don't know if he ever won the MVP, but I, I don't. The year, let's see, when that Litnikov won it once. That and by the way, that was Stabler versus Tarkenton when um, he started that game in a, in a, the Super Bowl eleven. And there have been some SEC versus SEC matchups. Yeah, Manning and Grossman was one of the more Manning famous ones. Manning and Grossman, absolutely. <laughs> and you got to be specific, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, yes. yes. Uh, versus Grossman, which is hard to believe. That was, what, 13 years ago now. Yeah, that was in Miami. That was the Super Bowl Prince performed. That's right. Yeah. That is correct, yeah. So you had this – and then the next year you had um, Eli taking down Tom Brady. I know that wasn't SEC versus SEC, but uh, – um, you know, Ole Miss. Ole Miss took out Michigan twice. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> One of those times, Michigan was undefeated. Yeah, and at what both of those times wasn't Ole Miss nine and seven? Yes. Both years that they beat the and Patriots. Like one of the years had a point differential of only like one or yeah. two. Also found. Now this one is a this one I didn't dig deep enough into, but I also found three quarterbacks, and there might be one or two more, but I found three quarterbacks who transferred. In college. Oh, through the portal. In college? <laughs> that were in the portal. And ended up starting in the Super Bowl? And ended up starting in well, the Super Grossman Bowl. Well, Grossman is one, isn't he? Oh, did he transfer? See, I didn't dig deep on him. Maybe not. Maybe that's not at No. Two of, them, two of them I knew. Troy Aikman. That's, and yeah. Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. And then the third one I never would have gotten. In fact, I didn't even know what schools he went to. Super Bowl fourteen, the Steelers over the Rams. Vince Ferragamo was the starting quarterback for the Rams that year. He had actually cut his teeth and played in Canada, but he actually um, started at Cal. Oh, by the way, that, so there's he, another one. He yeah. started at Cal, but actually finished at Nebraska. Okay, so, so I don't know four how four and a half. Yeah, I don't Cal. know how you claim if you yeah who who claims that one? Do they both claim? Well, it? who claims Aikman? UCLA, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, pretty much UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I I love all that kind of stuff about the Super Bowl. Interesting stuff. Yeah, we'll talk more a little more about it. Uh, we'll take a quick little break here. The crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and Five Points. Remember, Georgia's only one, Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, but and Georgia's still tied but for Georgia's the most. Georgia's had the, the MVPs. Yeah, tied for with USC and uh, only one shot to to pull ahead uh, this Sunday, and that would be with Mecole somehow. Possibility. Yeah, I mean he's Never he's got know. an outside shot. Um, yeah, appreciate you checking us out. You can subscribe on iTunes or uh, listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com or download the 960 the Ref app. Get all of our on-demand content there. You can listen to 960 The Ref live wherever you are and also stream Georgia sports programming within a 75-mile radius and you can sound off too on the uh, open mic feature. So a lot of fun to be had on the 960 The Ref app. We will uh, do a little quick little pause. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the Super Bowl on uh, Sunday. I don't really want to talk about Georgia basketball. Is that okay? We could skip mm. that topic mm. and... Mm. I guess that's really outside of that. There's nothing else yeah. really Georgia relevant because we've hit football and recruiting. I know baseball's about to start, but and then of course Sunday was just a horrible day with the Kobe Bryant news. And yeah, everything. I'll take a pass on talking about Georgia basketball yeah. though for mm. now. Mm. Just that was tough. Just Ole Miss and Missouri, not good. Yeah. All right, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen. 
in Watkinsville and Five Points here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens, and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville. Episode 121, Part 2, the crossover podcast. Chris and Dave with you for another couple of minutes, the Super Bowl in uh, just a couple of days. And uh, I think the the, the game to me is, I think these are two evenly matched teams. I think the point spread is right with a toss-up. I guess the Chiefs are still about a one-point favorite, so... And the line hadn't wavered any. Not really. And I looked at Vegas Insider earlier today. Neither team, one and a half is the most I've seen. I haven't even seen two either way. Have you? I haven't seen it much since the, uh, you know, really since the the end of the NFC Championship game when that number first um, came out. So I might like do some, just try and have some fun with some props and try and look into a... uh, to a couple of those things yeah i was already going through every player to score the first touchdown of the game for each team and uh, see if there's someone who popped up the niners had 11 different guys score the first touchdown of the game for them the chiefs had nine with uh a couple of guys do it more than once including Mecole. Mecole scored the chiefs first touchdown two times so there might be something to to look at there for the niners debo samuel did it three times and only tevin coleman and kendrick bourne scored the first touchdown of the game for san francisco more than once so is he a defensive guy no he's like a receiver oh is he yeah but um yeah for the chiefs i look at uh you look at me cole and then the usual tyree kill did it travis kelsey did it Lashawn mccoy did it three times but i'm not is he even he didn't play in either of their playoff games he's been sick or something i don't so he's sketchy i don't even know if he's gonna play or not but that might be one if you're looking at a long shot to score the first touchdown of the game mccoy did do it three times so um that's what i'm keeping my eye on exotic prop bets now that counts you're saying touchdowns not points right yeah this is the first touchdown of the game so not a kicker not a field goal or anything yeah yeah not just scoring but just the the exact first touchdown so, Mecole's got a couple, including when they beat New England. He scored the first touchdown of the game for Kansas City in, uh, in that one. Do you like the national anthem prop bets and all those things? Only if I can find like video yeah. of the person singing it, doing it in the past, which there are two examples with Demi Lovato. Okay. She, she sang it once at um, a World Series game. Yeah, and she did it once. Bef- she did it there before the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. Oh wow, <laughs> that's interesting. But like for the su- really, yeah. <laughs> but for the Super Bowl, you it, you figure like this is a bigger event. And I'm sure she'll draw. She went over like, or she was right around two minutes in the other one. So I think the most recent number I saw was two minutes and five seconds. I'd probably go to over on that but yeah i don't know the only one i like on that now is the will they omit a word or forget a word and yeah. that's like no because they're not singing it live they've right. recorded that right. so they're not going to forget a word right and if they did they'd re-record it yeah, yeah exactly be done differently although what's to stop her this is the thing about prop bets what's to stop her from calling her her friends and going hey by the way I'm g- this is going to last 
a minute 48 yeah <laughs> just letting you know well that that's where like i saw there was this one uh i mean this one's in very poor taste i have to admit but it was like will mike vick tweet during the puppy bowl oh and i'm like well if i'm mike vick i'm like you're darn right i'm about to tweet during the puppy yeah. bowl <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i know i know yeah. oh look at that it's plus 1000 oh, okay my. i'll be uh <laughs> handling that yes. yeah i'm gonna tweet hey yeah. look at all the cute puppies in the puppy bowl. right right so man yeah. By the way, as we record this, it's on a Thursday afternoon. You know, that Michael Vick 30 for 30 is coming on tonight on ESPN. I just don't think I can watch it. I don't have any interest in that either. I know. I know. There, Logan said he was going to watch it, and I'll determine I'll determine by his recommendation if I should watch it or not. Well, I want to know, like, what are they, are they going to whitewash it for him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because I saw not long ago on Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. Yeah. It was an update on some of those dogs, oh, yeah. and they really got into like exact the abuse that mm-hmm. was going on there. And I, I know he paid his debt to society, yeah. and he did a lot, but it just, it's still, it just brought it all up, and it just, yeah, I've got, I got no tolerance for him. Yeah, it's no, it, and it, but I, I will say this: like I said, he did, he did the time. I, you know, I, I felt like he should have gotten back in the NFL. I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, obviously, he did some horrific things. I'm not a fan. That piece you were talking about, though, with Brian Gumble, the one good thing that that came out of this Mike Vick thing, and, and you know, was that at the time I think dogs like that were put down. Yeah, they there was no conversation. Yeah. they were put down because they were going to be too aggressive. There, yeah. And, yeah, and then some. I want to say some humane group or some humane society came in and said, "Let us take these dogs and see if we can rehabilitate them and see if we can." And and they were able to do that with a lot of them. And I think now, because of that, when dogs get taken up that are found in you know, these dog fighting rings, they're not immediately put down. At least they still have a chance to live. So yeah. it was something, you know, something good that came out of it. And that. find a good home, but you yeah. know, it, it takes so much work because they're obviously terrified of people yeah. and then overly aggressive. Right, and it right. Just, yeah, it was just horrific things that, you know, and I haven't even, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that for so long, but then I watched that piece and I was just, you know, I, know. I was like, you know what? He should have been incarcerated for life. <laughs> and, and hey, there's a lot of people that think that. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't have any – I don't really have any interest, even though most of those 30 for 30s are good. The only dud one I've – that that one about the Iron Bowl stunk. I didn't see that they one. They gave uh, uh, Al from Dadeville way too, too much, much attention. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of like – I kind of like the Niners to win on uh, – on Sunday, no real strong feeling. I think it is a, a a matchup of two evenly matched teams. So the thing is, the one thing that that I like about the Niners too is the Chiefs have these last couple of games they've fallen behind, and the Niners are built to you know withstand you know if they get a ten or a fourteen point lead, they're gonna they're gonna do a much better job of holding on to that. Than I think what the Texans and whoever um, the Titans. Titans, although well Kyle Shanahan he knows how to blow a big lead in the Super Bowl. It's like okay I get that too, but yeah, it just wait feels was like... he the head coach of the Falcons then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I get it. He does have a past of blowing a big lead as a coordinator, not as a head coach. But it just feels like maybe he you know he learned from his mistake then, and he doesn't have Dan Quinn not overruling him and that kind of thing. Would they be able to hold on to a two touchdown lead 
if they jumped on the Chiefs like we've seen the Chiefs get jumped on. Yeah, I, I would I would think the Chiefs would be in trouble if they fell behind by 24 or 10 points against yeah. a team that already is just milking 30 seconds off the play clock yeah. before they snap it. And then when they get the lead, they slow it down even more. Yeah. So, uh, but that's what I'm like, you think the in the in the playoff games, I mean, San Francisco smoked both Minnesota and Green Bay. Kansas City at home was down 24 and by 10 on two occasions. But, you know, for the last couple of weeks, anyone you talk to about the Super Bowl, it's just everyone, all anyone can think about is, boy, the Chiefs scored touchdowns on seven consecutive drives yeah. and Mahomes can't be stopped and this and that. And it's like, well, objectively, San Francisco is still way more impressive in the playoffs than the Chiefs were because mm-hmm. they weren't behind 24 to nothing at any point and should have been 28 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah, I know. That's why I'm. I have this, and it's not like it's not like it's about the points because it's essentially a pick'em. Yeah, you know, if it's a one-point game, it's essentially a pick'em. Yeah, I so mean, to who, me, yeah, it's, that's the thing. Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like the game should probably be a pick'em, so the Chiefs are slightly favored. So I would say to myself, maybe there's some value in San Francisco, but and I do, I kind of, I lean the Niners, but I think I'm gonna, I might just have fun doing some, some different prop doing bets. the prop bets. Yeah. You can help me fill out my uh, FanDuel uh, thing. If You're, you, you got a prop sheet? Yeah, well, it's just a – so you just got, you know, a salary and you got to pick five players. Oh, like a fan, like a yeah. fantasy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can help me with that. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm going through. <laughs> I'll share the I'll share the $5 with you. Yeah, and I'll try and figure out whether or not uh, Demi Lovato is going to be holding a microphone or will the mic be on a mic stand when she performs the anthem. <laughs> And I'm sure there's all kinds of J-Lo and Shakira yeah. bets out there, too. There was – I got it. The, the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl was one where I did, like, four weird props in a parlay. And they involved everything from – I don't remember who did the uh, national anthem for that one, but it was like, will, the, will they show cleavage? That was one yeah, of the, yeah. and I went well. No, because it's the national. They're not going to have clear. It was pink or someone. Right, right. So that one checked, and then there was another one involving like, will Donald Trump be shown, or how many times will he yeah. tweet? And I'm like, as insane as he is at times, he's not going to like be tweeting like crazy during this. Right. The, then there was another one that I hit, and then the the fourth one though, will the game go to overtime? No, it will not. <laughs> and boom. Yes. It goes to so overtime. I hit oh, I hit the first three legs. It was beautiful. And they were, you know, weird. What from oh, pink so showing. That was a parlay. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So I lose on the game going to oh, overtime. Brutal. And they, and the game that goes to overtime, one uh, team led twenty eight to three. Does Scott Van Pelt know about this bad beat? I should probably should let him know, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. All right, so who do you like, Niners or Chiefs? I, I, my, this weird thing says Niners. I'm like, yeah, you. I'm, I'm a, kind of on I'm the like Niners. I'm like you. I know, I know. It's it's like something like 24-18, 24-19 Niners. Yeah, I want the Chiefs to win because they've got me called. Yeah, me too. I, Andy Reid has just yeah. he's been there for so long and just so I, I want Kansas City to win. But plus, it'll be so Atlanta for the Niners to win that Shanahan. Yeah. As the OC doesn't win it with the Falcons and then does win it with the Niners. That would be a typical that would just, Atlanta yeah. slash Georgia exactly. sports thing. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we'll be uh, back next week. I guess we'll have uh, some post-signing day thoughts uh, next week with signing day, the sequel, due up on uh, Wednesday. Georgia, again, to uh, recap the beginning of the podcast here, did get a uh, verbal commitment 
from uh, Daquan Edwards, Dijon Edwards out of uh, Colquitt County. So 22 commitments, three unsigned, and hopefully they will uh, they'll sign next week on signing day. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll be back next week. Again, subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. Or you download the 960theref app. Even easier there to listen to the Crossover Podcast. For Dave, I am Chris. This has been the Crossover Podcast, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.